Welcome to Music, Hope, Word, and Prayer, a podcast of rich music, hopeful prayer, and inspiring meditations with East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, a community church in the greater metropolitan area of Nashville, Tennessee. We are a faith community made up of a loving, welcoming family of believers in honest conversation with God. We seek to emulate the ministry of Jesus through compassionate service, with stimulating and relevant exploration of God's Word, and by sharing that Word and God's many blessings with our neighbors in Middle Tennessee and around the world. If you could give your faith life a bit of a tune-up, what would you focus on? What would you hope to strengthen or improve? Now, to draw your attention on what you would hope to strengthen or improve is perhaps an odd way to lead into this Ash Wednesday podcast of Music, Hope, Word, and Prayer, when Ash Wednesday is historically seen as the beginning of 40 days of deprivation, of giving up, chocolate, wine, you know, those choice words that your uh, young child can sometimes say, Mom, that's a bad word, or social media, raising the question of strengthening or, quote-unquote, improving, implies more of a taking on instead of a giving up. Hey, welcome to this episode of Music, Word, Hope, and Prayer. I'm John Hilly, and joining me is Nate Strasser, and we're in Nashville, Tennessee, and thank you for joining us. And for the next uh, little bit, we're going to share some thoughts, hear some music from Nate on this contemplative day, and hear a traditional piece of scripture read on Ash Wednesday, as we invite you to take on and tune your heart to the Lenten practice, the 40 days, not including Sundays, leading up to Easter. Perhaps, listener, you were one of those ones who did our drive through ashes and began Lent with an ashen mark smudged on your forehead. If so, not only did you get ashes, but being that Ash Wednesday falls on Valentine's Day this year, we handed out hearts to remind you not only of your mortality, but also that you're loved. Yes, I know, a, a bit strange, a bit of a strange twist to hear the heady words spoken, you are dust and to dust you shall return, and then get heart saying, be my valentine. Hey, let me bring in Nate before we share the scripture passage and prayer inviting you to begin the journey of Lent. Hey, Nate, can you share with us what's behind this theme of tune my heart? Yeah, as we begin the season of Lent, we were thinking about this idea of tuning our hearts and as you know, musicians, especially orchestras, before they play together and perform, they um, tune their instruments. A cacophony of this process may be very loud and create lots of dissonance, but it's a necessary step in the process of creating harmony and melodies. And secretly, a lot of musicians and orchestras actually tune backstage before, uh, but it's almost their nice way of telling the audience it's time to shut up so we can start the, the concert. <laughs> so it's not always the, the most necessary thing you think it is, but it is a big part of the symphonic process. And so when we're thinking about this, um, in this Lent, how can you tune the instrument of your heart so that it aligns with God? Also, this tune my heart line is from a famous old hymn, Come Thou Font of Every Blessing. It's a funny thing. Famous hymns and favorite hymns are often a generational thing. I know some seniors who have the favorite hymn of In the Garden, while a 20-something might like the latest single from Lauren Daigle or something like that. But 
something about come thou font of every blessing has allowed it to cross over different generations like very other few hymns have achieved. And I, I think it has a lot to do with the lyrics that have almost a universal appeal. appeal. Here's a few of them. Come thou font of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of God's unchanging love. Yeah. Well, there's a great story behind uh, the author of the hymn. Um, tell me more about that. Yeah. You tell me about that before we began. So the author, Robert Robinson, he was born in the 1700s, ran the streets of London in gangs and uh, not really caring for anything spiritual. He was just a small boy when his dad died. And in 18th century England, there was little in the way of social welfare system. And this meant that he had to go to work while he was still very young. So without a father to guide him, he sort of fell into some bad habits. But eventually around the age of 20, he made peace with God and set out to become a preacher himself. He wrote a letter to George Whitefield and told him, that he envied the happiness that he saw on the two faces of those people in that tent. Two years later, in 1757, he wrote a hymn that expressed his joy in his new faith. Years later, Robert did again wander away from God. He was traveling in a stagecoach one day, and his only companion was a young woman unknown to him. And not realizing who, it, who she spoke with, the woman quoted... Come thou font of every blessing, saying what an encouragement it had been to her. And try as he might, Robinson could not get her <laughs> to change the subject. <laughs> she asked him what she thought of the hymn and that she was humming. She responded, I am the unpoor, happy man who wrote that hymn many years ago, and I would give a thousand worlds if I had them to enjoy the feelings I had then. Gently, she replied, Sir, the streams of mercy are still flowing. He was deeply touched by that. So I thought it'd be a fitting thing to include in today's podcast on Ash Wednesday. Um, and I'm also going to in include a very contrasting song also that John's going to introduce. Uh, yeah, you mentioned this song being a famous song that has kind of withstood time and has an appeal no matter one's age. Um, I think that's kind of the definition of a great song, having the amplitude to receive new meanings and plumb new and different depths of human feeling across generations and uh, cultural context. And it reminds me uh, of this Sunday's Grammy Awards, this past Sunday, uh, and what people are calling the moment when Luke Combs came out to sing Fast Car and was joined by the songwriter Tracy Chapman. It was quite the moment, and I was watching it in my living room, and it drew me in. Yeah, I, I saw that too, and I know some folks have been sort of up in arms about Luke Combs releasing his cover of this song, you know, that a, that a white male, a country singer, would almost hijack that song and make it his, yeah. but it was a beautiful moment to watch them perform it together Sunday night. Uh, it always brings me back to, and I talk about this a lot, but the power of music. A young black lesbian woman writes and performs a song about a poor working woman trying to escape the cycle of poverty. Um, Fast Car permeates the world and hits a young white boy from North Carolina in, the, in his heart. It, it's his favorite song growing up. 
always sang it growing up and loved it, and it really launched him into wanting to become a singer-songwriter himself. That led to, now he's headlining stadiums, and now he's continued to play his favorite song, and in return introduces a world of TikTokers and a younger generation to the majesty of Tracy Chapman's song and of all her whole catalog of amazing songs that mm. she has written over yeah, the years. That is, is really is remarkable. And and for me, I'm sitting here in uh, my my chair, uh, watching them sing in such harmony, the two of them together. And and it, it took me back to 1989, uh, year after she had released this single. When when my wife at the time and I were driving across the Karoo Desert in South Africa with the Tracy Chapman cassette tape, windows down, wind blowing through her hair, late 20s kind of seeing the world. And now here I was 35 years later with a head of graying hair, kind of like Tracy Chapman. And so many more miles have been trod on what for times has seemed like a circuitous journey in my life. I'm sitting here watching Tracy, and maybe you two were. You also were. And writer uh, Lydia Polgreen was watching as well. And she describes Tracy's luminous skin looked as unmarked by those decades as her smoky contralto sounded. It was only the glittering silver of dreadlocks that hinted at the passage of time. Her eyes sparkled. The crowd roared, end quote. And she described Luke Combs all but trembling as he harmonized, tuned my heart, with an artist he clearly idolized. Nate, you're right on. Uh, About Tracy and about the songs she had written, about mobility, about working people and the yearning for a life with dignity and freedom. A song about longing to make the seemingly impossible journey from, what what was it, What's what's the line? Work in a market as a checkout girl to finally see... What it means to be living, yeah. It seems like it can make some sense, perhaps contrasted, but with come thou font of every blessing. I think there's an acknowledgement of wandering we are prone to do in that classic song, Come Thou Font, or in Fast Car, of the difficulty of life and the desire to see what it means to be living and to belong. I affirm also that faith, too, can feel like a journey of an on and off pursuit, one that ebbs and flows. I want to affirm that wandering is exploration, not necessarily distance from God. And that, I think, is important to say to some of you all who may have the smudge on your forehead and feel such distance this day. The distance is maybe that wandering is exploration, not distance, I say. And I call to mind Peter, one of Jesus' favorite and most important disciples who keeps going. He drops his net. He denies missteps. He runs to the empty tomb. He swims to the shore to meet the risen Christ. He keeps searching and yearning and loving even after mistakes or missteps. And ultimately in Peter's story, who we're going to be looking at over the next um, 40 days of Lent, we're reminded that God loves imperfect people. In fact, time and again, that's precisely who God claims and calls. And that brings me to you and the start of your Lenten journey and to an invitation to tune your heart by taking up practices of doing 
something positive, to tune your heart, to be present like Peter, to orient your life toward God's will, to ask for help when you feel like you're sinking, to celebrate the moments of clarity, and to pause when you're not quite getting it, to be open to learning and redirection, to receive gifts with humility, to acknowledge devastating missteps, and to repent, which is at the heart of the Lenten practice, and of this in particular, the beginning of Lent with Ash Wednesday and the imposition of ashes. And let us not to forget to run with hope and to feel the freedom that is found in abundant, astounding grace. After Nate plays, come thou font of every blessing, we'll come back to the scripture reading and prayer. And it sounds like if you stay with it to the end of the podcast episode, it sounds like we might be hearing fast car. So come thou font of every blessing and then back with the scripture. Here is a scripture passage often read on Ash Wednesday, Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. And create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. 
Here is the imposition of ashes. Maybe you received the sign of the ashes, but if not, I encourage you to take some ash, perhaps from a candle wick, a burned end of a cork, or ash from a fire for the self-imposition of ashes. And to hear these words often said on Ash Wednesday, in which I uh, say to you now, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Lent is a time for us to return to our Creator who formed us from the dust of the earth. Our lives are finite, so we want to be in tune with God, living whole, abundant lives, the kind of lives we were created to lead. And so in recognition of our origins in the earth and acknowledgement of our finite days, we receive these ashes and we remember that we are dust. Here is our parting prayer. O God, as I settle into this Lenten season, guide my path. Give me the wisdom and the strength to leave behind the things that distract or discourage. I want more open space in my life. I want more open space for you. We join our voices on this sacred day, singing in harmony, feelings of belonging, singing, come thou font of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy, never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of God's unchanging love. Amen.
Music Word Hope and Prayer is a ministry of East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, a community church in the greater metropolitan area of Nashville, Tennessee. We say in our faith uh, statement that we are a faith community uh, with an open seat for all, and we are responding to Christ's urgent call to feed the deep hunger that is spiritual, physical, uh, and uh, we invite you to join us over the next 40 days. Uh, you can find us on social media as well as ebpctn.org, where we'll be looking at the story of Peter as well as trying to draw connections between Peter's story and your own story. We'll be placing questions that are prompts for you to consider in our social media in the hope that they will expand and deepen your spiritual walk through Lent. Uh, along with the, the prompt, there will be a prayer reminding you that you seek God, that as you seek God, God is always seeking you. To learn more about the life and ministry of EBPC, to support this ministry with a financial contribution, or to learn more about our worship, which happens at 10 a.m. Um, this Lent, uh, visit us at ebpctn.org. 